Good morning, good morning, and happy Sabbath tabernacle of praise. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We're so happy to see you this morning. Let us stay as we usher in the Holy Spirit as we sing Sabbath rest. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Come on, we could do better than that. Good morning and happy Sabbath, everybody. We have come close to closing out another year. Can we just give God a hand clap of praise in this house today? We are almost on the other side of another year. Come on, somebody. Can we just spend a few minutes and just worship God in that space right there? Can we just give him praise? I know this has been a difficult year for some. It's been a trying year for others. It's been hard, it's been difficult, but you are here today and we give God praise and we magnify his name. Again, we want to welcome you into the house of the Lord today. Uh, my name is Pastor Jonathan B. Fields Jr. I am the senior pastor here at the Tabernacle of Praise. We want to welcome you to the top. Am I excited? Am I moving? You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I know. Was I moving fast? Was I moving real fast? Amen. I'm about to go back and watch that one. But we want to welcome you in the house of the Lord today where we magnify Jesus. That is the God that we serve. For he is truly an amazing God. He is so awesome. He is so wonderful. Protects us from dangers seen and unseen. And so we're so elated at the fact that God has allowed us to be here today on the brink 
of another year. I want to just take this opportunity to just say welcome to you who are viewing with us online. We praise God for you. As always, we do recognize that you could be somewhere else, but you have chosen to follow us and walk with us and just come along with us throughout this year. We want to say welcome, thank you, and God bless you. And to you who are here in the physical space, we want to say welcome to you as well. <clears throat> Amen. Can we just put our hand together for all of our family, friends, and guests that are visiting with us? If you're here for the very first time, if this is your first time here at Tabernacle of Praise, can you just wave your hand? Can you just show a hand? Amen. 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 Well, we praise God for you. Uh, we're not going to ask you to stand and put you on the spotlight. Amen. But we do want to say welcome. We thank God for you for being here with us, and you are in for a blessing on this here day. Amen? Amen. So we want to say welcome to you. Let me just ask, is there anybody visiting with us from somewhere else? I know we have some other family, sisters, and brothers visiting with us from our neighboring church. Well, it's always one. It's always one. It's always one. Brother DeWine, we're going to pray for you today. Amen? Amen. <laughs> but we want to welcome you as well, um, family, um, from visiting with us. Amen? We praise God for you as well. Um, this is a special day. This is our year-end service where we'll have our communion service today. You'll hear more about that as we go through this service and spend this time together. But you know what? Um, that, 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 this was a special week for some of us. Amen? Amen? This was a special week for some of us. Amen. Some of us celebrated something this week. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We want to say happy birthday to our first elder. Amen. I'm not going to put his age out there. I'm going to let him do that. But he celebrated one plus some more years. One plus some more. Amen. They throwing 61, 60, 61, 62, 61. 61. Say don't rush it out. We celebrate 61 years, amen. So we celebrate our first seven. We also have, where's, where's Thomas? Thomas. He's not here yet. And Christina, amen. And we're not going to throw your age out there either. Teresa. You was last week. But you, were, but you celebrate. Okay. We celebrate you, Sister Teresa. Help me, Lord. Anybody else? Uh, Sister Kwame in the back. 63. Another. Man. I'm going to have to. Y'all about to show August up. I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to have to stop. But no, but we do celebrate all of our December. I normally say December babies. Amen. But I know we're not babies. Amen. But we are children of the living God, and so we celebrate you um, for this year, amazing year, celebrating another birthday. This is a huge accomplishment. Some of us didn't make it. Some didn't make it. Not some of us, but some didn't make it to celebrate. But you are here, and we celebrate with you. Can we do a song for them? Can we just sing happy birthday? Amen. Happy birthday to Anybody celebrating any anniversaries? Any anniversaries? Marriage and anniversaries. Amen. Milestones, graduations. I know Sister 
Uh, Christina celebrated, received her master's, amen. We praise God for you. This sister here, for those that don't know, it was her graduation took place on the Sabbath. And she chose to come to this house and walk across this stage. Amen. And so we celebrate you again and again and again. And the powerful testimony that you share, we bless you. Um, at this time, um, we want to encourage you to stick around to the end of the service as we're having a special communion service downstairs. Amen. Um, a very special service. And so we encourage you to stick around to the very end. You do not want to miss this special time together. Um, so at this time, if you can just bow your heads with me as we open off, offer a word of prayer. Loving Father, our God, our Savior, and our King, you are truly amazing in everything. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we're more than conquerors. And so we give you all praise, honor, and glory for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do in the lives of your children. Thank you for bringing us to yet another year. And as we close out one and open up, the, up another one, we know that you are still with us, never leaving us, never forsaking us. So to all of our family and friends and guests that are viewing online, we ask your hands to be upon them as well. Thank you for what you've done. This we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. At this time, we'll have our stewardship. He threw me a curveball. I was sitting back there waiting on the, pro the um, service to progress. But all right. Okay, I'm here. This is where I'm at right now. So I'm going to go ahead and do this thing. All right. First of all, I want to say that I wasn't here last week, but the week before I was. And we really had a high day. And I had so many good reports of um, people feeling so inspired and everything. So I'm hoping that this year we're going to carry that whole spirit all the way through. All the way through. So we're not going to stop being inspiring because Christmas is not here. We're not going to do that. We're going to be inspiring all year. We're going to inspire everybody around us all year long. That's our goal. That's my goal. That's my hope for our church. You know, this week was kind of a bad week um, because of that storm. You know, right before Christmas in New York, 50 inches of snow. People thought they could walk to the store, and they never returned home. I'm thinking the number was maybe 24, maybe 69. I've got two numbers in my head. It was 71. People died in that snow. People were, you know, you saw Christianity at its best because... One lady saw a man out, I know everybody's went all over the world. She saw an older guy out, gentleman out there, and she went out and got him. He was trying to walk home, and he was going down. And she, 
got him and brought him in her house. Apparently, they only had pancakes and soda because that's what they fed him and stuff. But they had to dig themselves out and get him to the hospital because he was, had, he was um, so burned with the frostbitten and stuff. So that was that. There was people all around who stood up and came. Uh, one person opened up the church, and I think they had maybe 100 people come in, and they fed them from their family dinner that they were planning to have. Listen, the, uh, opportunities abound for us to be at our best this year, yes, yes. for we can do more this year. So I want to start right here with God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. He is so worthy to be praised. And this year, this year is all of our years Amen. to be better, smarter, healthier, yes. to just enjoy our lives more. Amen. I got a question to ask everybody here. I want you to think. Think about this building. How did this thing come together? Where did this thing start? No, I haven't done any research, so you won't get no long, boring history account of the building or anything. But you have to think, as you walk, go home, this, as you drive around this, uh, going back home from this service today, take a look around at all of these buildings, the streets, the street lights, you know, the, um, the warning signs, you know, stop signs, the hospitals you're going to see, the yards, the toys in the yards. Do you guys know where all of that started at? Everybody know. Okay, somebody said tell us. All right, I'm not going <laughs> to make you work too hard today. A thought. A thought. Somebody looked at this land and said, I think I want to put a church there. Or maybe the Holy Spirit said, you should put a church there. And then that thought just grew, and it grew. And then he said it to somewhere, someone else. He said, I think I want a church right there. And then they said, yeah, that's a good idea. What I'm saying to you is this. The Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. If we don't see it in our minds and then speak it with our tongues and then continue to walk as the doors open, next year, Lord help her, we're going to be in the exact same place we are today. If we only pray five minutes, that's all you're going to do is five minutes. If you only help one person, that's all you're going to do is help one person. If you only give, Lord help me because this may not be very kind, $10 to the thank you concert, that's what you're going to do next year. Planning ahead thinking ahead, there is our hope. Hope is not in me standing here today. I'm already here. Hope is where I'd like to be next year. So, for example, at the beginning of last year in January, we had a hope that we would meet our tithe and offering goal. What is that, like 185000 145,000. I'm going to go off on a little tangent in a few seconds about that, but 145,000. We have exceeded 145,000. We've exceeded it. Now, if you know, I know it was kind of shaky there because there was not a whole bunch of people here. 30 people on one day, 20 people, but still, look at God. Yeah. Then I'm yeah. going to say on this side too, the thing I'm going to tangent about, $145,000 is tied. That's 10% of our collective incomes, which means that 
$1,450,000 went through our fingers this past year. $1,450,000. Let me put it blank. $1,450,000. And collectively, what have we done? Not to be, I mean, some of you probably did the thing. And even with some of our members down with no job, look at how God blessed. Amen. I'm looking forward to some great things this year. Oh, yeah. I want to hear some awesome plans yes. from everybody. Amen. I don't want anybody here half-stepping on God this year. He's either God or he is not God. Amen. So if we can't commit to five minutes more prayer every day. It's a problem. God gave you all the time. If we can't commit to learning something extra, maybe it's about our duties in the church. Maybe it's about our job. If we can't do a little bit more with our talents, that's a problem. And the problem is spiritual. It's not financial. Money is spiritual. People don't like it. Business is spiritual. Your lives are spiritual. So this thing is not about, you know, what I can't do. It's about what God can do. And when we look at ourselves, we can't do anything. But when we look at God, so set those goals. Set them up high. Look forward to how God is going to bless you. Praise the Lord every day because no matter what, you may take one tiny step, but that's one tiny step closer to that goal. Let's give God some praise next year with our lives. Let's make these lives count. And next year, yeah, I'm going to say it, we're going to have $145,000 in tithe, $145,000 in offering, and we're going to live good. We can't live good if we have $145,000, which means God gave us $1,450,000, and then returning on offering is $5,000. It's a problem. It's supposed to be given an honest tithe and an honest offering. You set how much the Lord is going to bless you with for offering. But you remember, he's a good God. And I personally, being honest with you, got to report that I didn't have cancer this year. You know how much that would have cost me in doctor bills? I couldn't repay God for that. But I would have been ashamed to walk in here with $10 calling it a thank you offering. For a whole year of life. I'm not fussing, people. It always sounds like I'm fussing. Yeah, you know, I want you to know you're just so much better than that. But we can only be, we, people will only see us as better than that if we act as if we're better than that. If we trust God. If we take the time and say, hey, I'm going to come to church and praise with my sisters and brothers. Who knows how that thing that she did is going to go out into the, it went off on, you know, on, um, on streaming out there into the world on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Some little kids said, I'm going to, in spite of what happened to me, I can do it. Amen. We can do it, you guys. So we're looking at, forget 145000 Why not go to 100, 200, the art treasure says, she, y'all good for 200000 so what that means is somebody got to get a promotion next year. But if you don't ask for that promotion, you won't get that promotion. 
right? If you don't be, uh, if you don't be a net in somebody's body, well, I did this, I did that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. If you don't ask, you're not going to get it. If somebody said to you, you know, we really need you, that's your time to say, yeah, how much? How badly do you need me? So if we don't ask you guys, we will not receive. The Bible says that. God is a good God. He say, ask. Yeah, I already know what you need. But he still says, ask, and you shall receive. So I'm looking forward to next year. And I said in September that we were all going to do something more this year, right? I said I, I didn't stumble. I'm still saying it. Let's do better. Amen. Why? Because we can. Amen. Will the deacons come forward? See, I didn't forget. <laughs> Throwing around these numbers made me remember, Pastor, we got to take up this. We have to take up our blessings from the Lord. He's just so good. Amen. He is so good. You know, so this year, we want to, everybody to do even more than last year. And we're not just talking about money. In your lives, if you want to go to school, apply to get into somebody's school. You want a new job, apply for a bigger, better new job. Don't think about what you can do. Think about what God can do. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we are just so grateful that we, spent, we have a whole new year facing us. And, Lord, that you brought us through the past year. And, Lord, we are asking you to, uh, this day to give us a vision collectively as a church and individually as each person. Give us holy boldness to ask for the things that you've already promised us. And, Lord, above all things, let us all be saved. Now, as we return these tithes and offerings that you've given so graciously allowed us to be stewards over. We ask that you would change it from a secular use to a sacred use. And Lord, we ask for a prayer, a special prayer over the service. Let us all go home praising the Holy Spirit because of your goodness. Amen. 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 He is the King of Kings. Oh, he is the Lord of Lords. He's a great I am, he's the Holy One. He is the King of Kings. Oh, he is the Lord of Lords. He's the Great I am, he's the Holy One. He is the Prince.
Presence 
Somebody say praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen, amen. I want to echo a little bit of what Sister Lakita said about the choir concert. Thank you, Lord, concert. It was a blessing to so many. And today we are here. We're still talking about Sabbath school stewardship and the choir and the Thank You, Lord concert. Today we want to thank you, Lord, for one of our oldest members of Tabernacle of Praise, one of our seasoned members, one of our members that have been around for a long time serving the Lord. So it wasn't hard for us to say we need to let people know exactly who she is. She's a quiet spirit around here, but she shakes and she makes things happen. If you don't know who I'm talking about right now, I'm going to ask the family to start moving her this way. I'm going to ask the family to start helping her to the front. I'm going to ask the family if they would come. We are talking about Sister Lewis. Come on, family. Come on, family. Come on, family. Come on, family. Amen. little bit about what I know. <laughs> Sister Lewis has been a Seventh-day Adventist her entire life. Now don't try to guess how old she is because she's not going to tell you. But she's been around here a long time. She is a product of Seventh-day Adventist Christian school education. From the first grade all the way through Oakwood College, she has been a Seventh-day Adventist attending the Christian schools. Now let me tell you about Sabbath school here at Tabernacle of Praise. We had Sabbath school upstairs, we had Sabbath school downstairs, and, and Sister Lewis would roll up in her Mercedes Benz, I'm not kidding, driving herself, and would not miss Sabbath school. Not only that, you know people come to Sabbath school with empty hands a lot of times. Sister Lewis brought her Sabbath school money with her. And you better know that she had studied her Sabbath school lesson. So I'm excited because Sabbath school this morning is just, we're just elated to have someone like Sister Lewis in our presence at Tabernacle of Praise. We were so glad when she left the big church and came over to the Tabernacle of Praise. And I'm talking about just didn't come, was a faithful and is a faithful faithful member in her stewardship in her time she raised her children in the admonition of the Lord all of them went to church school Andre running around here bad as he is Andre went to church school his whole entire life and so the family is just going to share uh, a song with us this morning Reese's going to sing Carla's on the keyboard but first we're going to see we're going to see hold up girls hold up we're going to see the life of, of Sister Lewis coming on down the years. A lot of us don't know a whole lot about her because she's so quiet, but you're going to be able to see something in picture. All right.
And can you wheel your mother to the back so she can see her youngest sing this here song that her middle child is making me do? That's confirmation right there. Okay, so if I'm gonna do this song, that means y'all gotta do this song. So I need all the background. I need you to join on in, okay? All right. Yeah. 
family please come on up here we want to take a picture real quick before she has to leave yes quickly
Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Did he bring you from a mighty long way? Oh, y'all sound a little too quiet in here. Did he bring you from a mighty long way? Amen, man. I tell you, take me back. Take me back. We thank God for Sister Lewis this morning as we celebrate. As, where did she disappear to? Oh, there she is. As we celebrate you, Sister Lewis, praise God for you and your family. It's always a blessing to give people their flowers while they are with us. Many a times we wait until the funeral and we line the church up with flowers and gifts and cards and say our well wishes. But it's a blessing to be able to say that while the folk can hear you. To be able to celebrate an individual while they are alive and well. And so, Sister Lewis, we celebrate you this morning. We thank God for your leadership. We thank God for you paving the way. And to see your children in the household of faith. Oh, what a rejoicing that must be. So we praise God for you and we thank God for you as well. You know, I would have jumped in on that song, but I said, I'm going to stay in my lane. I said, we don't want to mess up anything, amen? But I do believe that there is a word from the Lord. And I believe that God is still on the throne. But if you don't mind, if you don't mind, um, I just want to just speak to you just a little bit and just share with you. We're going to have a word of prayer, and we're going to offer up our prayer request to the Lord. But I'm just reminded that, that there is a storm out on the ocean, and it's moving this old way. And if your soul is not anchored in Jesus, it will surely be swept away. There is a storm out on the ocean, and it's moving this old way. And if your soul's not anchored in Jesus, it will surely be swept away. Can we just work with that for a minute? Can we just spend a little time right there for a minute? There's a storm out on the ocean, and it's moving this old way if your soul's not anchored in Jesus it will surely swept away can we say it again there's a storm out on life's ocean and it's moving this old way if your soul's not anchored in Jesus it will surely Swept away, swept away, it will surely swept away. If your soul's not anchored in Jesus, it will surely be swept away. There's a storm out on life's ocean, and it's moving this old way. 
if your soul's not anchored in Jesus, it will surely be swept away. Can we just put our hands together right there? ocean and I just want to declare to you this morning that if your soul is not anchored in Jesus it will surely be swept away oh I praise God for the Sabbath I thank God for life health and strength as we turn to the word of God this morning if you have your Bibles with you if you could turn with me to a very familiar book found in the book of Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 6 will speak to us this morning. Jeremiah chapter 6, we want to start with verse 10 and move all the way through until verse 19. But we'll pitch our tent somewhere around verse 16, and then I'm going to get out of your way. Is that all right? When you have found Jeremiah 6, verse 10 through 19, could you please stand with me in honor of the word of God? That's Jeremiah chapter 6. Beginning with verse 10, and we'll read all the way down through verse 19. And just by chance, you um, ran out in your haste to get to the service this morning, and you left the Word of God on the counter, or maybe laying by your bedside. We do have it on the screen for you, um, and we ask that you will follow along. I'll read the first verse, and you will read the second, and we'll do that until we get to the 19th verse, and we'll read that verse together. The word of God declares in Jeremiah chapter 6, To whom shall I speak and give warning, that they may hear? Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. Verse 11. Verse 12 says, and their houses shall be turned over to others, fields and wives together. For I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord. That's right. They have also healed the hurt of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Verse 15.
Verse 16 says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old path. Somebody say old path. Old path. Ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Somebody say walk in it. Walk in it, then you will find rest for your soul. Somebody say rest. rest. But they said, we will not walk in it. Go ahead, verse 17. My Lord. Verse 18 goes on to remind us, therefore, hear, you nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Let's read verse 19 all together. Hear, O Lord, behold, I will certainly bring calamity on this people, the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not heeded my words, nor my law, but rejected it. Hear, O earth, speaking to everybody, amen. Behold, I will certainly bring calamity on this people, the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not heeded my words, nor my law, but rejected it. Today, I just want us to spend a little minute on the topic, old time religion for a new age church. Right. Old time religion for a new age church. Let us pray. Father, again, we're so blessed, so honored, so, so favored at the fact that yet while we have sinned against thee, you still allow us to come and hear a word from you. So we say thank you for not taking us out when we so much deserved it. Thank you for covering us and protecting us from dangers seen and unseen. Now, oh God, as we enter into this time of the spoken word, I must now decrease that the word of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit in Jesus' name that the people of God say amen and amen again. You may be seated in the presence of an amazing and awesome God. As we were reading this text, I'm sure most of you, if not some of you, maybe all of you, I don't know, was wondering as this year is about to come to a close, but yet the message is dealing with judgment. It's dealing with God's dealing with people who have chosen to blatantly and openly disobey him. I know this time of the year is one of those times where the message is pretty much put together where we are closing out one year and thanking God as we are about to enter into a new year. But I've been praying, really praying and asking God, okay, Lord, we're about to go into a new year and we do not want to go into 23 the same way we went into 22. We came in strong. Many individuals may have put together some type of New Year's resolution. Many of you are probably familiar with that term, but I really don't understand it myself because about two weeks into the year, the resolution seems to fall by the wayside. So it kind of makes me wonder what's the point in um, saying 
I'm going to do something different when really all year long you have yet to do anything different. And so as I thought about the message today and as I looked at Jeremiah, as the Lord spoke and led me to this, I said, Lord, Jeremiah is dealing with some very destructive things here. He's talking about a people who turned their backs on you, who openly disobeyed your laws. Now, I'm sure we're not dealing with those type of individuals in the house today. I believe that we're dealing with individuals that love the Lord. That's why we're here today. We're here because we want to be better. Amen. We're here because one day we do want to see Jesus when he cracked the sky. That our coming to the household of faith and us accepting Christ or calling on the Lord is not just something that we do because of a feel-good moment. But we do it because our hearts are really reaching out to be saved from a sin-sick world. So the prophet Jeremiah announces that God would judge Israel. He will judge them of their sins with an exile to Babylon. Now, I don't know about you. This is how God deals with a a, a disobedient. You would think God would just turn a blinded eye, but this is how God deals with a people who openly disobeys his command. Now, I want to put a pause right there because, again, as I say, we're about to go into a new year, and I really, 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 somebody say really, really. I really, really don't want you to go into this new year with that same mindset that I can continue business as usual. Because at some point, there is a cutoff. And this message today is to declare to you and to serve you in love this cutoff. Because God sent the children of Israel into Babylon, a place where they were now held in bondage. And then he lived throughout all of this, Jeremiah did. He lived throughout all of this horror, all of this uh, Jeremiah had predicted. The book of Jeremiah shows a graphic but important picture of how disobedient leads to destruction. And again, I want to put a pause right there because as we go through this, I want you to stay with me and I want you to understand that God, everything that he does and everything that he do, he do to bring you closer to him. I had to learn that the hard way. I had to learn that by way of telling God that you got me mixed up. You really want somebody else. But God had to remind me to know that's not who I want. I really want you. And it wasn't until hardship showed up that I realized that God is the one, that God is the God of my salvation. And so Jeremiah was nearly 20 years old when he began the prophecy. And he continued in the office for the rest of his adult life. So Jeremiah understood what was going on. Jeremiah understood what was taking place. And because of his message, held little weight with the people. The people didn't want to hear it, about like some of us probably here today. Because reality is, who wants to hear about a God that will turn over, turn you over to your own demise? Who wants to hear about a God that will let you fall by the wayside? Who wants to hear about a God that will allow you to walk off the cliff? See, we have to understand that, see, the reason why God can allow you to walk off the cliff is because God has the power, the authority, and the ability to catch you before you fall. 
But the reality is, the reality is, some of us don't see God in that light. We see God as only this loving God. That's why when we live such a hellish life, let me just help you along the way. Let me just help you along the way because uh, uh, we we live a hellish life, did what we want, when we want, lived how we want. We had that what I call the Humpty mentality. You old school folk may know what I'm talking about. A Humpty dance, do what you like. Okay, I had to bring you into the AM. <laughs> Jeremiah prophecies revealed a substantial amount of emotional debt. Often sorrow over the plight of God's people or his own troubles. Jeremiah pleaded for the people of God. Pleaded for them to turn from their wicked ways. Turn from the destructive course that you want and give your life to Jesus. You see, Jeremiah's ministry began back in 827 B.C., and it ended sometimes around 582 B.C. with his prophecy to the Jews who fled to Egypt. You know the story. For the majority of their time, Jeremiah based his ministry out of Jerusalem, the southern kingdom of Judah, fell during Jeremiah's prophecy. But Jeremiah found himself addressing the nation. This message right here that Jeremiah has hurled before the people, speaking of God's judgment, talking about the judgment from God that is soon to come. The Israelite may have feared the future as the outside powers drew near, but rather than respond with humility and repentance, the people of Judah primarily lived as islands unto themselves. With all of the destruction that was unfolding around them, with all of the calamity that was unfolding around them, and you would have thought that maybe at some point they would have stopped and said, well, could it be that what Jeremiah is saying has some validity? Could it be that I need to make a conscious decision and turn from my evil ways? Give my life over to Christ. But no, you know how we do. We want to continue on as if it's not deep enough. As if, the, as if the trouble is not troublesome enough. As if the problems are not weighty enough. And so we continue down the path. We continue down the course. We continue and we go and we don't stop without realizing that we're headed even further away from our Lord. So why is Jeremiah, why is this book so important? Well, I'm glad you asked the question because, see, the prophecies of Jeremiah often use a unique insight into the mind and the heart of the one and one of God's faithful servant. The book includes numerous personal statements of emotional engagement, painting Jeremiah not merely as a prophet brought on the scene to deliver God's message, but also a real blooded, flesh and blood human being who felt compassion for his people. So Jeremiah wasn't just declaring a message from the Lord, but Jeremiah was speaking with passion. He was speaking with concern. I hope you understanding what the word of God is declaring to you this morning that Jeremiah was speaking with pathos he was speaking with passion he was speaking with conviction because he understood what was to come and so Jeremiah shared his feelings desired judgment 
for evildoers and was concerned about his own safety as well. Can you imagine declaring a word to the people knowing that at some point the people very well may turn on you? But significantly, here we go, uh, the book of Jeremiah also provides us with a clearest glimpse of the new covenant that God intended to make with his people once Christ came to earth. That's what makes it so special, so important, because now we see this new covenant will be the means of restoration for God's people as he will put his law within them. He will write them on their hearts of flesh rather than on the stones of tablet. He promised through Jeremiah that his people would now would know him directly. No more now through Jeremiah's prophecy. Do we have to go to the priest? Do we have to go and have someone else speak on our behalf? Now God is speaking through Jeremiah to let the people know now you can come to me directly. You don't have to wait for the preacher or the elders to pray for you. You don't have to wait for somebody to come along and speak a word of encouragement. I'm giving you what you need to make it through. Keep in mind, family of God, all the way through time since Adam and Eve, God has always desired a relationship with his people. If you don't believe me, follow me to the Garden of Eden when God first spoke life into man, when God breathed life into man. And the Bible says that God walked with Adam. He talked with Adam. He spoke with Adam when he told Adam to name all the animals of the land. He looked at Adam. He said, Adam, I'm giving you this responsibility. I need you to name all of the animals of the land. And Adam had a relationship that was so connected to Christ. It was so one with Christ that when Adam looked out and saw the zebra skipping through the, mid, the, through the meadows, Adam looked and saw all the stripes and he said, I think that right there, we should call that a zebra. And God said, wait a minute, Adam, that's the same thing I thought about. That's exactly what I would have called it. And Adam looked over to the right and he saw this thing that looked like a horse as it galloped through the uh, through the meadows and Adam looked and said that right there that's a horse God said wait a minute Adam that's the same thing I would have called it Adam and God they had such a connection that they were one but something happened along the way every since creation God wanted a relationship with his people to the point that when Adam and Eve fell even when they fell God told Adam, he said, listen, I got to get you out of here. I got to put you out of here because you, if, you, if I keep you in the garden as you have bit from the tree of life, if you bite from that tree, you will live forever. And I can't let you live in sin forever. So God always wanted to have that relationship with his people. So even down through the years, he comes to Moses. He said, Moses, I need you. Uh, I, I need you now to take these commandments. I need you to lead my people. As God spoke to Moses, as God spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as God spoke to these prophets, God said, I want to be near to my people. And since you don't want to come near to me, how can I come near to you? As we move on through the centuries, we see here that now Jesus comes on the scene. 
Because again, God always wanted to have a loving relationship with his people to the point that he was willing to leave his home on high. To come down here to this dusty earth to walk amongst us sinners, to eat with us sinners, to lay his head when he didn't have to lay his head. Just so that he can be with you. And we still reject him. We still turn our backs on him. But God said, listen, I love you too much. I love you too much to leave you in that state. So although I sent my son and you rejected him, I've walked with you. I broke bread with you. I've fellowship with you and you still dismiss me. But I can't let that stop me. So what did God do? He sent his Holy Spirit. Now he says, I will live with you, walk with you, wherever you go, I'll be there with you. Because God has always wanted to have that relationship with his people. So God is, re- is telling Jeremiah that I am going to send my son. He will walk with you. And because of Jeremiah's prophecy in the final years of Judah before God's people were exiled to Babylon, it makes sense that the book's overarching theme is now judgment. Because all through the ages, the people that God has chosen, the very elect people that God specifically called to bear this message, rejected him, turned their backs on him. Many of us sitting here looking at me today, if I can just help you as you about to step into another year, hopefully your stepping into this new year will have you now change your thinking, will now cause you to think a little differently about the things that God is calling you to do. Because this is not new. Solomon reminds us of that, that there is nothing new under the sun. There was disobedient then. And let's just be honest, in the house today, there is still disobedient. God has been calling some of us for a very long time. How do I know? Because he's told me so. He's been calling us many of times, telling you it's time to make a change. It's time to do something different. It's time to let it go. But we hold on to it. Why? Because the reality is sin feels good. That's why we hold on to it. We like it. But we understand and know that everything that's good is not good for you. And that you have to answer to the call, whether you realize it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you believe me or not, a day will come when you will have to give an account to your actions. Jeremiah is laying the foundation. Jeremiah is letting you know that even, Jer- even God's people I will lead you into, listen, if saving you means sending you into the crucible, then the crucible you will go. If saving your soul means taking you out, I love you too much to leave you in that condition. Jeremiah 
how how was this how was this applicable to 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 the times that we're in you see we have to understand that seeing god through all of this all of that uh, 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 that that the children of israel went through all that judah uh, went through all this uh, all the uh, all the drama and, and all of uh, all of the abuse and, and, and uh, all of the hatred that they experienced they were able to still see god's mercy in the midst of the storm they were still able, even in difficult times, they were able to see God's mercy. Even in troubled times, they were able to see God's patience. When they know that they should have been dealt with, God said, I love you too much to take you now. Because to take you right now means your soul will be lost. So I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you another chance. That's why we say he's the God not of second chances but of multiple chances. That God would give you a chance, but let me just help you along the way so that you don't think that these chances are unlimited like some of our text messages. <laughs> they will run out. The unlimited will run out. Seeing God's patience with his people in the Old Testament reminds us that God has always been and continues to be a merciful God. You see, God is not quick to judgment. Why do you think we're still here? And you know, when you look at the presidents that we've had in office and a lot of the laws that have been implemented and a lot of the things that has happened over the years, you would have thought that Jesus would have come by now. But yet we're still here. And we say, we say that until this message reach everybody. Let me ask you, how do you know it hasn't already reached everybody? With social media and the internet and all these different devices, you can, you can, when COVID hit, you can stay right in your home and go all over the world. So you can't tell me. You say, well, there is some remote island. Who told you that? I'm just asking a question. Because we say there is a remote island off in the bush. Have you been there? Or is just something that somebody said? Because the reality is we don't want to leave here. So Jesus can't come until this message goes everywhere. And how do we know it went everywhere? We don't know. But we say it hasn't because we're still here. And the reality is, could it be that you are still here because God is still trying to get you to a place in your Christian experience that will help you into the kingdom? Could it be that it has nothing to do with some remote island far away, but has everything to do with you and your decision that you've been going back and forth with? Could it be that God has not come because he's waiting on you? And Jeremiah was just trying to make it plain and make it clear that God will deal with the foolishness. And he has patient enough to do it. And he will wait as long as he have to. But let me, let me just help you along the way. Because the word of God declares no man knows the day nor the hour when Jesus will come. Amen? But guess what? No man knows the day nor the hour when he will check out of here. 
Jesus may not have come, but you may, may not be here to see him. So God understands the dilemma. So let me get in here and get on out your way. I just got a few things I just want to leave with you, and I'm going to get out of the way. Because, see, the days of Jeremiah's ministry to the people of Israel were days of deep spiritual wickedness. The people had sinned against God to the point where he was ready to give them up into captivity. And, in fact, they did not go into captivity in just a few short years. But yet, even while they perched on the edge of judgment, the Lord desired to see them turn back to him in spite of all of the foolishness that they were off into. In spite of all of the hatred that they were off into, God still said, I want you. And many of us, we look around here, there are people in our lives, people that we deal with on a daily that we don't want to deal with anymore. We don't want to see them anymore. They've hurt you. They've said something to you. They've done something to you. And you don't want to have, you don't wrote them off. You don't wrote them out of the wheel. But God is saying, even though you've spat on me, even though you dissed me, even though you've talked about me, even though you degraded me, even though you said, I have nothing to do with you. So I'm not going to let your issues become my issues. I love that kind of God that don't allow my hang up to become his hang up. I'm glad that he don't allow my shortcomings to affect him and to cause him to now make a decision for my salvation. But he said, I'm going to base my decision off of my love for you. And I'm going to make sure that I give you every opportunity to turn your life around and give it over to me. Because one day he that shall come will come and will not tarry. So in this verse, we are given the image of a traveler who came to a fork in the road. He has the opportunity to go any way he desire, any way he desire. I remember I was talking to my wife a while back, a, a, a while back, and we were, I, was, I was just sharing with her. I said, could it be that when we come to the fork in the road that God is saying, either way you choose, I'm going to bless you. And oftentimes we spend a lot of energy, a lot of effort going back and forth. And I'm waiting on God to answer my prayer. And all he's simply saying is walk. Whichever way you choose, I got you. See, that's the area I want to live in. I want to live in a place where I can walk, start walking. And it doesn't matter where I go. God said, I got you. That's why I put a plug right there as we talk about going into the new year and we praying for a better year. I don't want a better year. I want a blessed year. I don't want a better year because a better year is subject to not being a better year. You see, a better year kind of puts you in a place for that year to be somewhat okay. No, 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 no. See, when you have a blessed year, it doesn't matter what happens. See, when you have favor, when you have that blessed year, it doesn't matter how, how, how the cards are dealt, how the day unfold. It doesn't matter. Come win, lose, or draw because you are blessed whatever you put your hands to. All right. yes. Yes. That's where I want to live. Oh, yeah. So you can have a better year. Uh -huh. uh, you can have a good year. I'm just asking God to just give me a blessed year. A year that no matter what happens, when bad news comes, which it does sometimes, I'll be able to look at that bad news and find the rainbow in it. A silver lining. 
I'll be able to look at it in such a way and say, God, if you brought me to it, you will bring me through it. That you will put no more on me than what I can handle. Because the reality is trouble don't last always. That there will be moments where you will have to deal with some bad days and some difficult people. But the reality is that God will not send you into something that he had not already been there himself. So in this verse, we are given the image of this traveler. The old path. Pick one. Choose one. And Jeremiah is saying, whichever way you choose, I'm going to be there with you. So here it is. The commands that God is issuing to his people is for them not to allow themselves to be led astray. To be led astray by false prophets and leaders of their day. Because the reality is there is a lot of stuff out there. People can believe all the stuff that they want to believe. They make rules and laws straight from the word of God. You don't believe me? Oh, yes. Slavery was one. They used the Bible to, do, to prove that slavery was okay. We use the Bible to declare that, 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 that a man and a man is okay. We use the Bible to talk about the rights and the wrongs. We use the Bible to declare that I can eat what I want, live how I want, do what I want. As a matter of fact, we use the Bible to talk about how I can love Jesus even in my own house. I don't need to come to the church. I don't need to come to the church to get Jesus. I can get Jesus at home in my front yard. I don't need a preacher to, te to preach to me, to teach me. I can read it for myself. Oh, yeah, we declare it all, but the word of God is true. How can you hear without a preacher? God's command is that they not just go anyway, but that they take the time to find the right path. The right path. That old, well-worn path that represents the best way. So which way is God leading you? What direction is God leading you? Not what way you choose, but what way is God leading you? Because God is very, is very open and honest about what he wants out of our lives. You see, there's a story of these Germans back in World War II during the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, there was a group of German soldiers who, who dressed themselves in uniforms of the Allies. And what they did was these German soldiers uh, uh, used American cars. You're probably familiar with the story, uh, uh, you, you uh, historians here. Uh, 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 they used American uh, military vehicles uh, uh, to go throughout the, the land and changing the signs so that, so that, so that when the American troops came uh, 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 to these various crossroads, uh, 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 because the signs were changed, they were fooled. And they were led off in the wrong direction. Uh, uh, this right here, a uh, uh, deception by the Germans, it almost gave them the victory. 
But just like those German soldiers caused confusion and death by changing a few signs, many in our day are leading millions astray because they are changing the road signs of our faith. Allow me to share with you, and I'm going to get out of your way, uh, uh, the road signs that are being changed in our day. One of the signs that is being changed is, is, is found in Hebrew 9, verses 22, where it talks about salvation through the blood. We say we don't need the blood. The blood, what, the, what, 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 what is the blood? Uh, uh, we're saved by faith. We don't need the blood of Christ over our lives. Another, another, another sign uh, uh, that has been changed uh, in our day is the belief in Scripture. We don't believe the Bible anymore. Uh, uh, we, don't, we don't read the Bible anymore. Matter of fact, uh, the, the Word of God, you know, because so many people wrote it. You know, man wrote the Bible. You've heard, probably heard that before. You can't believe. This is, this is what, what they call uh, uh, the white man's religion. We've changed the signs. Love for our church. It's a sign. Since COVID, many don't feel the need to even come to the household of faith anymore. Oh, I can just get it right here at home. Oh, yeah. I can just turn on the television. <laughs> and I can get my Jesus right there. I don't need the fellowship with the saints anymore. But the word of God declares to forsake not the assembling of us coming in. We need each other. Don't let the devil deceive you any longer. God set this up for a reason. God instituted this place of worship for a reason. Don't let the devil come along and deceive you and trick you and to get you to believe that you can get it all by yourself. Can't get it by yourself. We need each other. I need you. And you need me. We're all a part of God's family. I can't make it by myself. I need you in my life. For every season, every time, every point, there is a reason why I'm standing here at this time. Because there are some things that I need in my life, in my Christian experience, even as a pastor, that you have in you and I need it. And I'm putting you on notice. I'm coming for it. <laughs> I'm coming for what is mine. So if I knock on your door and give you the biggest smile ever, it's because there is something in there that I need. It could be that smile right back at me. It could just be a warm, let me know, Pastor, I appreciate you. Because there are times, I see you, I see you, sister. There are times in, a, in, in, in my life where I just need somebody to say, I appreciate you. These are some things, the signs, the road signs that have been changed. Uh, uh, let me just share just one, one more. Uh, uh, the, the, the soon return of Christ. Oh, yes, we say that he's not coming. You know how I know? Because it says that, when, that we're going to be taken out of here. We're going to be taken out of here. We're going to be taken out of here in a secret rapture. Let's just be real in here today. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. 
that if I had all power, if I had all authority, if I had all of that in my control and I created all of this, why am I sneaking in here taking back what's rightfully mine? I'm kicking doors in. I'm shutting it down. I'm letting the world know who I am as God. That's my right and that's my prerogative. So there is no need for me to sneak my children back. Holiness of God. We understand that God understands what we need before we're in need of it. Because God goes on to say that there are, that there are rewards. Many, many, despise, uh, uh, many despise the old path. Maybe uh, uh, they see the old-fashioned or the terrible uncool. They may see it as something that is old-fashioned, something that is, 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 is not cool to be, you know, uh, you know, going back in the old. In the old. I, I, I want something new. But God lets us know that there are some benefits of the old path. God told them to position themselves, stand in the ways. The benefit from the old path is that God told them to look for them, to see that there were some reasons why I'm sending you, I'm sending some old stuff your way. Now, let's, let's just be real. You know, as I was thinking about this, even this morning, I said there are some old things that I don't want. Amen. I don't want to go back to everything old. I mean, if you look at your home and look at the church, some of us, we have some, some up-to-date stuff in our home. Some of us are still not rocking the big body. Okay, I lost you there. You know, that TV, that big TV that take about four or five folk to carry, the big body, yeah. Many of us are not rocking it, the one with the big tube in the back. You had to take the whole back off and order the, anybody remember that? Now everybody in here, probably everybody in here have a, a flat screen TV in their house. Anybody have a big body? Let me just stop. Every now and again, I have to stop and do a temperature check and make sure I'm not. Anybody have a, okay. So, so everybody pretty much have a flat screen. So none of us want to go back to the big body. None of us want to go back to where, like my granddad, my, my grandmama when I was younger, um, you know, at, at late at night, Elder, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Elder, let me go back here to Sister Alvina because she got on me one time when I was calling everybody but her. So, Sister Alvina, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I remember back in the day um, when I was living with my, staying with my grandmother, um, like around 12 midnight. I had to use the restroom. Somebody know where I'm going already. Somebody know where I'm going. And, and, and I remember I woke up, and my grandmama, she broke out a pan. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, did, I, did, I, did I lose anybody? Did I, so you know what I'm talking about. Y'all looking at me like y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all familiar with the outhouse? Let me just help you out. I see you, young folk. I, now, we'll come down your lane in a minute because... Some of the young folk looking around like, what is he talking about? That was when I had to go outside to use the restroom. None of us want to go back to that. So there are some things. Anybody familiar with MySpace? Told you, young folk, I'm coming down your street. Any Nintendo players in here? We still have a Nintendo. Some of us are trapped. <laughs> But none of us want to go backwards. God is saying, I want to bring you forward. I want to give you something new. 
I want to give you something that's going to help you through these days that are coming upon you. The benefit of the old, God talked to them. He talks about asking the desires of your heart. Then you will find rest for your soul. So God's promise to those who walk in his path is that they will find rest for their soul. That is in his path. We can be assured of three things. One, we can be assured that we will arrive at the proper destination. When we take the Lord's highway, we can be sure that it will end in his presence. Number two, we can, we can travel a safety knowing that the Lord is guarding our way. Not only will we end up where he wants us to be, but we will get there in a safe way. And the last thing, we can know that while we are on the Lord's path, the deepest needs of our soul will be met. There will be fellowship with him and joy in his presence at the end of the way. God understands everything that we are going through. He understands the highs and the lows, the ins and the outs. God knows exactly what we need before we're in need of it. So what am I saying? Trust God, even when you can't trace him. And believe God when believing becomes unbearable. And hold on to him, even if you got to holler. Because there will be a time where you will have to give an account to the things that you've done. You may not like it. It may not be pleasant. But the reality is, you're going to have to see him for yourself. And while we're waiting, we love. We love one another. We continue to show love one towards another. Because when you do it to the least, you've done it unto him. We're about to transition downstairs to our, our communion service. And I'm going to ask you to do just a, a few things for me, if you don't mind. I'm going to ask if we can follow out uh, uh, through the back. Go downstairs where the deacons will be down there waiting to show you uh, where your seats are. I'm also asking that we do not congregate, that we uh, expeditiously, if you will, make our way downstairs. Because what we're trying to do is have a smooth transition. Somebody say smooth transition. A smooth transition as we'll go downstairs and we'll partake in that fellowship one with another. And lastly, I ask that if you choose not to celebrate with us downstairs, that if you're waiting on a loved one who is and you're remaining in the sanctuary, that you will keep it reverent, that you will reverence this time as we partake of the Lord's Supper. Father God, again, we thank you once again for what has transpired here. We thank you for Jeremiah, this weeping prophet, 
uh, the one who was passionate about his ministry and the calling that you've laid on him. Now, God, as we go downstairs and partake of our Lord's Supper, our communion, our agape feast, and as we spend time together, we pray your blessings upon each and every one of us. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I ask now as the deacons or the ushers will usher you out and lead you down to the basement.